Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. <laughs> Hello from Indiana. <laughs> Hello from Indiana. <laughs> the middle of nowhere. It's not the end of the earth, but you can see it from there. Uh, yes, we have the uh, the joy of uh, not one, but two Johns in the studio today. We've got uh, uh, my partner and good friend, uh, John Blickman, not John, Bl- John Palmer, <laughs> and my good friend and not partner, uh, John Blickman. <laughs> It's I'm great somehow to be here. pleased with that that arrangement. Well, you just have to come back more often, right? Right. I, I mean, I guess, I guess, uh, in a way, you are a partner because you've been sponsoring this show for such a long time. It has been a while. How long has it been? Oh, not that long. I yeah, just keep writing the checks. Don't worry about it. it. It really has paid off. Don't look at the total you've spent. Look at you know, just look at it as it's only one more check for Justin. Time. It's it's just an entitlement now. That's right, yeah. It's like welfare. Well, and since you're here, I would say something wonderful about you, wonderful about your products, wonderful about all the people that work for you. Yeah, usually we say you're innovative, but we should probably come up with something different this time. No, I was thinking you could, uh, what would you say for your own spot here on the Brewing Network? How would you describe Blickman Engineering? How would I describe Blickman Engineering? A uh, group of home brewers that... You can't use the word F. I shan't. Okay. But just a group of, of great people that love beer, except for her bookkeeper, accountant. She doesn't like beer. Uh-huh. I don't know what the hell is going on there, but... The one, one sober person. you got to get her the yeah. right beer. Yeah. Well, I like her a lot because she, she does her job well. <laughs> that she does. She's the female in there that keeps us all in line. Uh, we've got well, we do have uh, Aaron uh, that uh, joined oh, yeah. us to do all of our marketing promotion stuff. So mm-hmm. we have somebody to fill in when Ann's gone. So to let us know what to do. But you would you would just uh, so the the, uh, the the one word the description I should use when I am talking about Blickman Engineering is a bunch of homebrewers who like beer. That's, That's what you pretty told much me. It. That's where it all started, and that's where that, that's I think, where our passion lies. And I think it shows my, up in our equipment. My live read is so much better than yours. <laughs> oh, and it's that's pa- why you do this for a living, up, right? The passion <laughs> shows up in the equipment. Yes, and I've said that before. You know what? What really amazes me every time I meet with you and your guys, and you guys, it's like you bring out the whole crew to uh, uh, you know these these uh, homebrewer conferences and stuff, and uh, we get to spend time together. And I just get a big kick out of how passionate they all are about uh, you know everything they do, and you know they have a real interest. 
in uh, you know the engineering of things and creating of things and you know just just they seem to all love the uh, the work that they do and the company that they work for and the and the customers that they have and it's uh, you know it shows a real passion for you know not just. Uh, you know, a job or working. It's a passion for beer and brewing, and and the the, the customers or even partners, you would say, that, that your customers are to you. Uh, it's just wonderful. It's you know, it's full of innovation. It's full of uh, you know, excitement. It's full of wonder. And when I when I hang out with you guys, I just love it. I think, wow, you know, what a great what a great group of folks, and what they do, and it's how cool it is that we're. You know, we're associated through the show and that you sponsor us. And, you know, I, I and I feel in a way that, you know, the fact that you sponsor us is, is like you think what we're doing is actually good, too. You, I don't think you would do anything that was, you know, uh, worthless or meaningless or, or didn't somehow, you know, help people. And I think that you know, one of the reasons you pay for this, you probably don't get your money's worth out of it, but you you do it because you think it's worthwhile. It's like something you, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's it's like a few bucks to uh, to charity because that charity is doing a good thing. You know? Very well put. And yeah. and we do look at it that it's uh, when we first uh, started looking at, at sponsoring the show and I listened to a few episodes, it was very clear that is, that's what homebrewing is about. It's about sharing that that knowledge and uh everybody shares that in certain ways you know some is recipe uh development some is just um you know the uh the technical nature of Mm -hmm. the business Mm -hmm. and for us it's sharing our ability to develop equipment um that we can all in all of those environments uh help homebrewing as a um as a hobby along Mm-hmm. Uh, but also help that individual uh, through their uh, brew day so that they just have a more rich experience and um, are growing and learning. Yeah. Well, so. you know, I think you, I think you do a wonderful job. And um, uh, I suggest everyone go to uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with a B. There's like an N in there. Couple there's, of there's a dot com, uh, all this stuff. BlickmanEngineering.com. Go check them out online. Lots of uh, good website. Lists a lot of interesting stuff. And uh, if you enjoy the fact that uh, John sponsors this show, I would suggest you you send an email. You can send it to uh, feedback at Blickman Engineering. Uh, it's support at BlickmanEngineering.com. Yep. Well, I've been telling them the wrong one. That's why you haven't been getting the emails, because there could be thousands of emails. <laughs> support. There's a feedback, too. I've seen email from feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. We're forwarding that one on. Okay. Well, yeah. so then the, the reason you didn't get those emails was just because you weren't paying attention. Uh, and I will say it's, people it's, ask, it's great to hear that. And people it, it's, ask where to send their email to you, and I'm like, I don't know. But it's it's great to get that feedback to know that uh, you know you're helping yeah. and it's, it's very humbling right. to know that you know wow you're really as an individual you know I was making just a, a difference yeah you know, improving just you're making a difference yeah. yeah yeah well and I'll tell you what's really cool I think you know uh, a lot of people who would would come to the show as a sponsor would be like all right I want to talk about uh, you know. Uh, something I'm going to sell, something something right, I want right. to promote. You came with, hey, remember we were talking about like double mashing and uh, you know using the sparge from one to mash them and get a get a stronger beer. 
So you've got all this data. You went ahead and, and figured out all this so so our listeners actually have an answer to that question. Yes. I was very fascinated by that way to brew a bigger beer, and I just had to wait till my kids were back in school so I had enough time to mess around with uh, doing some experimentation. So mm-hmm. they're all back in school. Brew day is a little easier to negotiate. Of course, I have to start at 5 in the morning because then I'm done by the time everybody else is out of bed on Saturday. What right. the hell? Right. Okay. So <laughs> remind us uh, what what it was that inspired you to look into uh, taking essentially the runnings of one mash and you know using it as your strike water for a second mash. Uh, we were talking about uh, the the strongest beer at, at, at the NHC. You were talking about the mm-hmm. brew easy, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the questions that we got was how strong of a beer can I brew in that? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so we talked about that in regards to just a single mash, loading it up with as much uh, malt as the mash tun would handle. And uh, you know, then we talked about well, you could add extract if you want to brew, you know, a higher gravity beer. And then you actually had the the idea of well, what if you just did a second mash, add added some additional malt. Uh, to the mash tun after cleaning it out and mm-hmm. and doing another uh, mash. It, run it. it back through. Yeah. yeah. So I got to thinking, that's pretty. That's a pretty slick idea. <laughs> right. That's, so I figured, you know, we'll I'm going to give that happens. a ride. Right, right. Because, I mean, you're not really 100% sure what's going to happen. I mean, does do you end up with just the same gravity running off again? And, you know, it's, it's like people say, well... You know, it's only going to, you know, dissolve so much sugar. You know, it's only, only so much is going to happen. Only so much, you know, uh, activity takes place. So you went ahead and you actually did this and you, you brewed beer with this and you, you have the information for us, the data, so you can fully answer the question for, for our listeners. Yes, and I even uh, managed to figure out a, a kind of a backdoor way to... Uh, uh, work with Beersmith to uh, be able to predict that using a double mash. So. Well, uh, let's do this. Let's take a short break, and we'll find out after the break why you're so fond of the back door. I knew right. that was not going to be right. let, oh my gosh. let fly by. <laughs> the same thing. I was like, I can't believe he just let that pass. Oh, no, I was going to let it pass. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all green brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman boiler maker brew kettles a high temperature march pump and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater the brew easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other forming an efficient strong and compact brewing setup that comes in 5 10 and 20 gallon batch sizes upgrade your brew easy system with full automated control by adding a blickman tower of power temp controller and make moving around easy with the blickman kettle cart the brew easy is modular if you already own a boiler maker kettle you can build your brew easy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. 
morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer go to morebeer.com and click into the learning center you'll find podcasts technical facts video tutorials and more including access to the buzz more beer social network of more than 5,000 members and some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz the forum the learning center and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest more beer catalog more beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making when i order a beer i want my server to know more about it than i do i want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too i want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style i want a cicerone the Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program, Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a Certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today the 21st amendment watch out do you like beer they make beer watch out do you like friends and fun they make friends and fun watch do out do you still like to have a good time the 21st amendment watch out the 21st amendment in san francisco located at 563 2nd street two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. 
All right, we're back. I've got John and John. In and, the studio. And Steve and Bevo. Bevo looking classically beautiful like she always does. Um, I forgot to print out a live read for you, so I was just taking care of that. <laughs> See? And also doing hard work. That's right. Yes. Um, so. What did John do? <laughs> what did John do? John, what did you do? What What did I do? Well, I, I looked in the my... back door somehow. That's all I remember from the previous, previous segment. Mm-hmm. Well, I was... Sitting on the crapper, reading yes. the book that's perfect for reading when you're sitting on the crapper, and that is Classic Styles by oh, Jamil and John. There you there go. You go. Yep. Oh, we're not a body. So I figured, <laughs> I thumbed through and I found the uh, the recipe, Old Monster Barley Wine. Hadn't brewed a, bar- brewed a barley wine in a long, long time. Ah, uh, so yes. I'm going to give that a ride. Uh-huh. So I uh, just to make the math real easy... It turned out to be a. Uh, I did a five gallon batch mm-hmm. in a five gallon brew easy. So it's a no sparge system, mm-hmm. which would lend itself well to high gravity beer because you're not right. diluting, you're just going to drain. Uh, and it was a total of 30 pound malt bill. Mm-hmm. So I actually split it up into two completely even 15 pound uh, mashes, which was uh, very. How many, easy. how many pounds will the five gallon brew easy hold? You can get 18 pounds in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. So 15's easy. Yeah, 15's fairly easy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 15's fairly easy. It's not crazy jamming it in. It's no. dry as the Sahara. Yeah, yeah it's about oh, 80% full, I'd say, something okay. like that, 75% okay. full. Right. So it's fairly easy to, to do that. And you can adjust the water level uh, mm-hmm. in the mash to uh, to, comp- you know, to compensate for that. Okay. So, um, so they were identical uh, uh, batches. I, I made sure that I weighed them all separately mm-hmm. so that, you know, I didn't end up with more roasted mm-hmm. malt uh, or uh, uh, chocolate malt in one and none in mm-hmm. the other. That may affect the uh, the final mash pH. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I, I, I then uh, created in, uh, in Beersmith a, uh, a recipe for the overall using 30 pounds. To figure out how much water I needed for the total brew session, mm-hmm. and then I created a um, uh, a half batch or first mash recipe in uh, in Beer Smith, and then used that water amount in that recipe. So then I would know uh, how much water to expect in my um, uh, in my brew kettle after, and would know what to expect as far as specific gravity, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I ran that first mash, and it was, uh, let me see here. I ran it with 15 pounds of malt, and it was 10.6 gallons of uh, RO water that I corrected to uh, just a touch over 100 ppm of calcium. So about 9.5 grams of gypsum, about 7.4 grams of calcium chloride. And uh, um, so I did the initial uh, infusion uh, to strike at 148. I wanted to get as much attenuation as I could. Mm-hmm. So I uh, uh, mashed that and let it go for an uh, hour and a half mash just to make sure I got as, as much as I possibly could. Uh, the pH came right in at 5.15, so uh, hot, hot. Mm-hmm. yes, so okay. right at, at mash temperature. Um, I did not perform a mash out because I was going to need to re-strike with that water, and it would have mm-hmm. ended up being too hot for the strike, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to jack around getting a right. immersion chiller out and cooling it back off. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so uh, well, and you you know you're you're going into more enzymes anyway. Yes. So mm-hmm. really, really no need to. Yeah, the only thing that you do gain. Other than stopping enzymatic activity is you're thinning little, that mm-hmm. work right. down a little bit. So you get a little bit better mm-hmm. uh, extraction efficiency just right. Right. because you're Low. yeah because you're a, a less viscous mm-hmm. wort. Mm-hmm. So um, in this case, I just uh, uh, drained it slowly into the uh, boil kettle and ended up with collecting 9.1 gallons of uh, wort mm-hmm. at uh, 1.044 specific gravity. And that gave me a, a mash efficiency of 73%. Mm-hmm. I normally get about 71 on on my bruisey with, you know, most of the 050 to 060 beers. So it was a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Most likely due to the uh, the large amount of water I use, so it was a it was a pretty thin mash. It was uh, almost four. I have to calculate out, but about four uh, quarts per pound, so a, a pretty okay. thin mash. Yeah, that would give you uh, theoretical uh, yield of. Uh, actually, I don't even have the number on here. Um, past the chart. Yeah, it goes past the chart. It, it's down in the uh, ten forty. Area though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was measuring right at 1044. Uh, so uh, so then I, I basically just uh, cleaned out the mash tun, mm-hmm. loaded it back up with uh, the malt again. Or actually, I pumped uh, pumped the work back up to the mash tun. And then doed in. And then doed in. 15 pounds. Right. Mm-hmm. Got everything back up to the temperature I needed for strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, doed in and, um, and then just recirculated for a second the second mash mm-hmm. you know and uh you know in this case you know there was no more water to add no more uh, salts and uh that mash came in uh at 5.1 ph so mm-hmm. a little bit a uh, little bit less mm-hmm. uh and again these were measured at mash temp and i'm not sure if that you know if getting you know what that lower threshold is for mash ph where you well, start having problems um it's if you measure a room a room temp uh, if you get below 5.0, like 4.9, that's where you start having problems. You're at uh, you're at 5.1 at mash peak, yeah, at so, mash temp. Yeah, so it'll be about, about 5.3. Five, five, yeah, 5.4. Yeah, five, so, three, yeah, five, you're, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, good. So uh, so that's good. That's good piece of information to know. See mm-hmm. something else that <laughs> you've learned on Bruce Strong today. We have a lot of uh, people that became commercial brewers based off of listening to us, which... Might be the downfall of uh, craft beer right, yeah. as we know it, yes. <laughs> I think you've done pretty well with... Am I having an evil cousin right now? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a good one. Delicious. Look at that lacing on that glass, huh? That is perfect. That is some sexy lace. That's a clean glass. That's a well-made beer. There you're talking. Damn. Damn, I might have one. Um, <clears throat> all right, so... What was the result of this? I mean, what what did you find from doing this? What how different was this? This, I mean, the first mash, okay, that's you know pretty Bruno standard, Arbeer. right? Yeah, uh, you know, but you know the the fascinating thing is taking that wort from the first, you know, using it as strike water for the second. What did you find? How how did it affect the numbers? What did you get? Because you know, at at some point, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be. Uh, 
you know, just the same as any other beer. It's, you know, it's not going to, some people would say, oh, it's not going to dissolve any more sugars out or, you know. You'll get the same you know, amount of sugars as the explode or, you know, God knows, God knows what. All right. So what, what happened? I, I just had a gut feel that I'd, I'd, I was going to lose efficiency from the second mm-hmm. uh, mash. Mm-hmm. And I, I guessed at about that I would be about 65% mash efficiency mm-hmm. overall on the whole thing, you know, dropping, you know, 8, 9, 10% off mm-hmm. of my normal efficiency. Because you got what, 73 on the first. Yes. And what did you get on the second? What was the, the end result? The overall, because I wasn't really directly able to measure the second mash efficiency itself. Mm-hmm. So the overall, uh, I was at 64% mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. So I basically did the, uh, uh, the, the average thing since I, was, I used the exact same amount of malt on each. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, the, uh, uh, I, I just calculated uh, what efficiency uh, 73 plus x over two mm-hmm. equals uh the 64 that i got and, right. and that calculated out to uh right at where do i have it on here the second mash efficiency of about 55 percent mm-hmm. which is not bad you know there's a lot of people that they'll they'll get you know 50 some odd yeah, 60 some 60, odd yeah. you know percent and uh, and what was so? What was the final gravity of the wort that you got? What I ended up collecting in into the uh, kettle at the very end was seven point four gallons uh, at one point oh nine four specific wow. gravity. Wow! And uh, ended up boiling okay. that down to six gallons at one point one two specific gravity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was that your target? Yes, that was uh, that was right about where I wanted to be. That but I, if I did it again, I would brew just a little bit more because man, there was mm-hmm. a crap ton of trube, and, uh, mm-hmm. and and I'm trying to remember exactly how much hops are in that batch. But I think it was about six ounces, if I remember mm-hmm. right. Something mm-hmm. pellet. So you didn't net hops. quite enough. Yeah, yeah. Right. There was quite a bit. Well, and and how long did you have to boil? I mean, w- w- it wasn't some long extended boil, right? No, you, I only boiled an hour. Far. Yeah, you weren't that far off. No. So, I mean, the traditional thing is, okay, I'm going to, you know, collect a whole bunch of, you know, lower runnings and then I'm just going to boil it for 3-4 hours to try and get to 1120. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's, you know, that that's a way to do it. Um, you know, another way is just brew the strongest beer you can. Right. And uh, and just go the extract route mm-hmm, to make up mm-hmm, some of the difference. Mm-hmm. But John, what did on your on your chart there? What explain that a little bit? That was kind of a neat thing when I got to talking to John about this. Yeah, uh, you know what is uh, you know some theoretical uh, maximums or are there theoretical maximums? Yeah, well, um, it turns out that is <clears throat> particularly for a single mash, um, you can predict your first runnings gravity strictly from the um, the uh, water to grist ratio. Uh, now, the water, water to grist ratio has to be in terms of uh, uh, weight. So uh, either liters per kilogram or, more specifically, uh, you know, the actual density of water per kilogram times the liters. Uh, but, yeah, liters per kilogram is a good estimate. <clears throat> liters per kilogram is, is twi- roughly twice what uh, uh, quartz per pound is. So if we look at... Um, well, isn't, isn't quartz per pound pounds per pound? Pound of water, pound of well, no, it's, a quart? Uh, it's two, it's two <laughs> or, pounds or per pound? quart. Oh, two, two quart. Yeah, two point oh five five. There you uh, go. Pounds. 
pounds per quart. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's roughly twice. Um, so you were doing, for the first mash, we should calculate this. Uh, first mash, you did 10 gallons. Uh, it was nine, 9.1 gallons. Going, what, what was it going in? Uh, oh, the 10.6 gallons. Okay, so that's uh, what, f- roughly 40, 43, 43 quarts for 15 gallons. So that's almost almost a, uh, almost three quarts per pound. If it was 45 quarts, then that would be uh, three quarts per pound. Mm-hmm. And that uh, works out to a ratio of six. So um, you look at the chart and you look at the uh, expected runnings gravity for uh, six quarts per pound, and lo and behold, you get 1045. And I was at one, 1.044, so yeah. that's within measurement. Yeah, that's right there. Um, now, for the second one, you had uh, nine point, uh, or roughly, let's say, just say, call it nine, make the numbers easier. So um, that works out to nine gallons, which is what, 36 quarts or 15 pounds. That works out to about. Um, two and three, no, two would have been over thirty. Well, it depends how you would calculate that. So that's uh, two point four quarts per pound, or four point eight kilograms or liters per kilogram. And the anticipated gravity, running's gravity for a ratio of four point eight, is only ten sixty. So. Um, you know, if you'd if you'd done that mash strictly by itself with water, mm-hmm. fifteen, you know, uh, nine gallons into to fifteen pounds, you would have gotten a running's gravity of about ten sixty, but you got ten ninety. Right. So you know, quite a fair fair increase then. Yeah. So I mean, we were starting with uh, forty forty five. We were starting so with instead work, of yeah. one hundred four. You ended up with ninety. Yeah. So now, almost they so got like added. A few. My 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 question would be this. Um, now, uh, for me, I really don't care about the cost of malt or anything. I want to make the best beer possible. Right. But a lot of people would say, okay. Could I run off one beer first and make a ordinary strength beer at you know ten forty four then take second runnings and use the second runnings into that mash i mean what at what point do do I not get a return on a higher second runnings so you take the, the, the you know you take that second runnings and you use that for the strike water for the second mash mm-hmm. Instead of just using regular water or using your first runnings off the first mash. Yeah. Well, your so you second, get a beer out, and then your second runnings, you use that. Yeah. Your second runnings would have been, I don't know, I think it's roughly a third the gravity of your first runnings, mm-hmm. um, if I remember right. And so... Would you lose less in the translation? Would Is there a, is, is there a point where... I don't think you would have gotten as high a final gravity. You, you, I don't think you would have gotten 1090. I think mm-hmm. you would have gotten more like 1075. Right. Is there um, a, but is there a point where if you're first running... Let's say we mixed extract in and got up to... You know, our first runnings were 1080. Mm-hmm. And then put that into the second runnings. Would we see a further drop-off in the second batch? I mean, isn't, that, isn't that similar to just sparging instead of 
just draining the uh, the mash tun? You know, where you sparge down to like uh, 01, 1.01. I, 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 I don't know. So what what I'm saying is, you've uh, you've done your first mash and you've gotten this this liquid out of it. And then you've, you've just put that a normal the, drain, just a normal yeah, drain. Yeah, right. And you okay. put that into your second mash, and you've gotten a, a, a value out of it, and that value is is less than the sum of its parts by a certain percentage. Yep. But you know the 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 benefit is you don't have to boil for three hours. You actually you actually got that you know in yep. a much easier and shorter time. Um, that 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 loss of percentage or of points. That happened in the second mash. If you lowered the initial gravity of what you put in, would you know you you recover those missing points? Is there a limit? In other words, if if the the gravity of what you put in uh, from the first mash was higher, would that loss be higher? If you reduce the you know the gravity of the first runnings that went in, would your loss be lower? Sounds like I'm going to need to run another experiment. I think you need to run like four or five. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's take another short break. When we come back, uh, hopefully the <laughs> studio panel will still work. Uh, my one channel just cut out for me. Yes, I'm starting to hear popping in my headphones. Uh, well, you know, accidents happen. A few things happened 30 years ago. Arpanet migrated to TCPIP and the internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tons. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishef, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops, at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... 
Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and a home brewer's answer book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the thebrewingnetwork.com. There are two types of people in the world, naughty and nice. Grogtag is letting you tell it like it is with their naughty or nice labels for the holidays. Grandma getting you down? Slap a naughty label on that four-year-old pale ale and put it under the tree. Did your Uncle Sal add you to his will? Well, he deserves your freshest batch of IPA with a custom nice label. Pick up one set of each and take 25% off your order by either entering code NAUGHTY or NICE at checkout. We all know how much beer you have to get rid of, so why not make it look good? Go find them at grogtag.com and don't forget to sign up for their newsletter to learn about the Gifting with Grogtag 12-day sale during Christmas. Grogtag, at least your beer will look good. This is Brandon from Drake's Brewing Company here to warn you about the impending apocalypse. This year, we're unleashing our four horsemen on Saturday, January 23rd from 12 to 6 p.m. at Drake's in San Leandro. In addition to the return of Apocalypse Double IPA and Black Label Triple IPA, we're adding the next two riders, Red Label and White Label. In case you thought Apocalypse Day couldn't get any bigger, you thought wrong. We invited more than a dozen of our favorite West Coast breweries to pour hard-to-find double and triple IPAs, including Cellarmaker, Russian River, Boneyard, Beechwood, and many more. Pre-sale tickets are on sale now and start at just 25 bucks. Black Label is limited to six bottles per person. Go to drinkdrakes.com for more info and brace yourself. The end is beer. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer this is brew strong all right we're back we're <laughs> we're having a heck of a time here in the studio it has been jesus christ it has been one of those days i think yep this porno is what? steve are you going back to the porn industry have you have you uh given up on this uh radio gig yeah you know i think this is just just not for me um <laughs> I tend to make a mess, and um, I think that's actually. You tend to make a mess in porno or in radio. I make a mess here, and that's I feel like encouraged in the other industry. Yes, yes, I would say so. Have you seen uh, Texas Crack Wrangler? It's uh, Steve's, you know, claim to fame. It's my yeah. Yeah. One and two. Yeah. You can get you can get it off of our fine sponsor, AdamandEve.com. You know, if you use the offer code Jamel J A M I L. My name at uh, adamandeve.com for a limited time. You're going to get yourself uh, a special gift for her, a special gift for him. A bib. And John, check this out a special gift for both of you. Oh, wow. Are you getting Damn. enough? 
I'll tell right. you, you can get 10 free gifts. You get the special gifts. You're going to get free shipping on the whole thing. And six free adult DVDs. And I bet you you could pick up Texas Crack Wrangler. No problem. See Porno Steve in it anytime you're looking. Right? So check it out. AdamandEve.com. Use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, and uh, see Steve in uh, Texas Crack Wrangler today. All right, so we were talking. We were talking. <laughs> oh, see, John, you're too ugly to be on camera. What? That's what Evo just said. No, that's not. It was she was just like, right oh. between you and John, and it was hitting oh, face. There you go. Oh, <laughs> that, that happens in yeah. Texas Crack Wrangler, too. Yeah, um, <laughs> John, so nothing be, like a, a video break, facial. I'm not, aren't you glad you're paying for this show? I'm just saying all our listeners don't have to pay because you're paying. Aren't you glad you're I could providing stand on a building and throw money off the roof? It'd <laughs> right. be about the same value. Oh, yeah. The same impact on the world, I think, you know, like littering. You know, it's pretty much the same. All right. So before the break uh, or during the break, uh, before the spill. Mr. Palmer, yeah. John Palmer, uh, you had trouble reading your own chart is what you're telling me. Yes. I, I had forgotten that the chart is written in liters per kilogram rather than mm. quarts per pound uh-huh okay so i had to multiply everything by two so the 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 fascinating result is you discovered that the, the two, the words two are, were additive yes the two words are additive he did not lose any or very little or maybe like a, one a tiny percent. amount yeah of uh extract by doing this that's right yeah the 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 first runnings uh gravity chart versus uh, water to grist ratio in liters per kilogram predicts a gravity of uh, between 1042 and 1045 for a ratio of 5.75 and a gravity of 10.49 to 10.53 for a gravity of 4.75, which are the two uh, first and second uh, mash rate ratios. So... If you got 1090 or 1094, tiny and two. 1094. 1094. So really. So exactly. Yeah, exactly additive. So that's right. that's really nice. I mean, to know that you can um, add the, the gravities together like that. So. For the second mesh. I think your experiments of, you know, what the limit is, I don't think that's necessary. Or maybe it is because maybe 1040. Four ten forty five. That's mm-hmm. fine if you mm-hmm. get if you got up to maybe ten ninety. So the question would be, can you triple mash? If you took ten ninety four and put that into another mash, could you get up into the hundreds? Or no, not? because I'm not spending <laughs> nine hours freaking brewing. <laughs> oh come on, John. This is what you do. I got till I've got till eleven or twelve when the when the family's up uh-huh. to stop stinking up the house. That's uh, how much time I got. Tell them brewing wrong. requires so I, sacrifice. I can, I can start, not I'll start at 3 in the morning. Yeah. I'll you do got it. it. You got it. Absolutely. I'll yeah. get her done. Yeah. Brewing, brewing requires you know, a certain amount of sacrifice, whether they're small <laughs> kittens or frogs. You know, uh, Your family. Yeah. yeah. Time, sleep. I didn't really have much understanding and appreciation for the business until I started actually earning money. Right. And then it was okay. It was like, oh, my God, this sucks. <laughs> People actually run businesses for a living. And then it was, you, you're going to quit your day job? What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a blow. Uh, that's a, uh, your wife calls you Willis. Throwback. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're? Is that what you've just revealed on the show? Oh, the things that she calls me can't be said on <laughs> even on this, <laughs> even on this show. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Now she's so, extremely. Uh, it's kind of like I think John and I need to get our wives together because I think they would really. Oh yeah, I'd like to see that. Have a lot in common. Yeah. Make a DVD, put on Amity. <laughs> Oh, you're talking about something entirely different. I'm sorry I went there. Oh, my bad. Moving on. I have a chat room question. Oh, chat room question. Yes. Like, what uh, the F are you guys doing? What, what exactly is happening right now? Um, it just says, can you ask them about party gilling in the second mash? Party guile in Part- the second sure. mash. You know... One so, thing I did yeah, really notice. You obviously could have party guiled that second. Absolutely. One, one thing I, I really did notice on that second, on the first running, mm-hmm. the mash was uh, was very dry mm-hmm. and not very sticky. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I did the second mash, it was fairly damp and. It was damp and sticky. Damp and sticky. It yes. was warm, damp was. and sticky. Evidence of passion in the Sadly, beer. Sadly, like it was candy a passionate, sticky. <laughs> Wordy yes. mess. <laughs> but my, my immediate reaction was, you right. know, party guy. If I had time, I'd, yeah. I'd do a second running and make a you have uh, time. Scottish ale or something out of that. You can't sleep during the day when your your family's awake. No, nah, it doesn't work. Then I've got all the other family. Your daddy activities. been working yeah. and drinking all night. That that doesn't yeah. that doesn't fly. You know, I could have I could have extracted a little bit more and made wordies. Have you ever heard of a wordy? <laughs> No, I have not heard of a wordy. Invented, I think, maybe not, by an intern uh, of ours, uh-huh. engineering intern, and you take uh, wort uh-huh. and either scotch or whiskey, oh, and you blend know. them 50-50. Oh, that's a that's old brewer's thing. It's delicious. That's, that's how you start your morning. You take a, a glass of wort with a shot of whiskey. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Mix it together. Here's here's the thing I don't understand. When I want to do something crazy and unusual at Heretic, what I do is I turn to the people I employ and say, "Hey, here's what we're doing. You you need to do this, that, and the other thing." And they go, "Okay." <laughs> They're like, "What do you expect out of this?" I'm like, "I don't know. I want to do it anyways." Now, why on God's green earth? At Blickman Engineering, with a brew easy, do you not make your employees do this for you? They brew a lot. Let them have we them do have, this. We have. Hey, we, hey, what? Hey, have them do this. A triple batch. And let them have all the fun? Yes. I am. Well, gonna, the I'm fun is that. watching them do it and not do the work yourself. Oh, that's, that's true. That's the fun I enjoy as. as uh, I can sit around and supervise with beer. Right. You drink beer, you watch them, you tell them what to do, say, no, I want to do it differently. And they're like, well, you're not doing it. Uh, yes, I am. You know, and you have them do, do what you say. So a triple? Yes, triple. Tri- uh, three times. We'll do a triple you match. You stopped early. Three. Now, what could you do a... What's uh, the math on that, John? Yeah, do it. I don't know. Do an integral on this and take it out <laughs> to infinitum. And where would you be? John, can it's, you do that for us? It's been 30 it would, years since I had to It would, like, you'd have barley plants at the end. Mm-hmm. 
That would be brilliant. Yeah. You'd have malt extract. But you know, John, I mean, if you do that triple mash, and, and let's get the data from that, um, I'll, I'll put this in the next edition of How to Brew. This will be one of the, the mashing methods uh, for high-gravity works. All righty. Now, now that's a challenge I'm, yeah. I'm game for. You could be immortalized in print. Hey, hey, hey. I deserve a little credit for coming up with the idea here, man. No. Come on. Uh, who? It's, oh, it's John. It's all John. <laughs> who said that? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be immortalized because your name, John, will be on the book. Yeah. I won't say Blickman. It'll just say John. Yeah. No, no, no. That means you, too. It says John Palmer, but that means you as well. That's also John. Yeah, you know that, yeah. that picture of the brewery that we, we took at the three of us? <laughs> yes. We're going to use that in the book, but we're going we're gonna to Photoshop out your face. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Hey, I, I'm the one coming up with the creative ideas. I don't, I, you know, you guys are doing the math. Fine. I, I that's don't know. true. That's you know, true, John. Guys, you, this you really was be, his uh, idea many yeah, yeah, I months know. ago. And it's really painful to admit that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we'll, and we'll it make was a footnote. A, oh, sorry. I just baby barfed. <laughs> it, it was a brilliant idea. <laughs> you, you know what else is brilliant? You know what else is excellent? Have you you know great fermentations right They're They're right there for you. I started shopping at Great Fermentations in 1991. Dang. Back when you were, um, like, what, five? But John Bull Dusty Mall cans is about all you could get in the day. Yeah? Mm. And they had good stuff, though. I'm sensing they a did. pattern. So what year did you get married? Uh, 80, oh, dear God, I hope my wife isn't listening to this. 89. <laughs> it's, on, it's on the back of my shackle. I have a, I mean, my wedding <laughs> ring. Um, 89, 1989. Okay, so, 17th, 1989. So you resisted for a couple years. I was married uh, May 6th, 1989. I was really? in kindergarten yeah. in 1989. Huh. 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 There you go. Well, all right. So great fermentations. I bet you you know this. They have the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web. They have got every Blickman thing you can imagine. Look at that. Greatfermentations.com, right? They provide same-day shipping on some of the main items that uh, most vendors... They're going to take like three weeks to get it to you. They actually have it in stock. You order what? What's one of the main items that, that you can order? They're going to like same day. The Boilermaker kettles. Boilermaker kettle. They got it in stock. Boom. Going out same day. You order it that morning. They got it out that afternoon. Go Heading to you. Pretty damn good. Their staff, they are some of the best trained in using Blickman products. So if you've got a question, you can just... Call them up. Say, hey, I bought this from you. Tell me how to work this thing. They know. Absolutely do. They they uh, come up and visit us. Uh, I'm, d- I'm down there regularly buying my uh, brewing ingredients. And, so uh, they can ask you questions. They got like a line. It's it's like a direct connection to God. It's like being Jesus. They're Jesus. You're God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Oh, I guess it's, you know, it's all one of the three and the Holy Ghost and all that. I don't know. Well, when they come up and visit Blickman yeah. and Jerry, that's not the assumption. You're shaking your head. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, check them out. They got great customer service, great, great place. And if you're looking for Blickman gear, that's, you know, again, one of yeah. the places that got, got the full lineup on their website. Greatfermentations.com. Check them out today. All right. So uh, let's do this. Let's take one more short break. And when we come back, we'll try to somehow wrap up our thoughts. On double mashing. 
Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in anywhere precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Ken Grossman of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company says making great beer is hard. Making the same great beer every day is harder. Brewers Publications announces its latest release for breweries of any type and size. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers by Mary Pelletieri. Proper quality management for small, regional, and national breweries is critical. Whether you are an established business or brand new, learn the best ways to create and manage a quality system in your brewery. This book will guide you in developing a comprehensive program that will grow with your brewery, help ensure quality processes in the brewery, and continue providing great beer for your fans. Quality management for breweries is critical for continued success. This guidebook teaches you to integrate quality management in every level of the operation. It will guide you in developing a comprehensive program to ensure quality processes in your brewery. Quality management, an essential guide for brewers, now available from Brewers Publications. Learn more at BrewersPublications.com. Say hello to my little friend. You've heard about White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Lab's yeast packaged using their FlexCell process ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, Flex Cell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business.
to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. God knows. It's hard to, hard to tell for sure what's going on, but uh, that's pretty much how we roll around here. Yep. You're seeing the finest the Bring Network has to offer, John. Are you not impressed? <laughs> it's a matter of benchmark. Yeah. <laughs> the the BM is very low here in the Brewing Network. That's you have right. Very low BM. You I'm just quite... set Go ahead. You set low goals and you uh-huh. consistently fail to achieve them. Yes. It's the way it is. <laughs> but you describe the past 10 years of my <laughs> life. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm quite proud of our ability to rally and make things happen, <laughs> even though we are currently functioning as one entire hot mess. We are functioning. We are low functioning. We, yes. we do cheer on the underdog. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Let's go, Jamel. Oh my We're rooting God. for you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Um, I would highly recommend, if you want to listen to something that... Uh, a highly quality produced like this. <laughs> listen, listen, <laughs> listen to yourself to the sour hour. They talk about sour beers. And I had a sour today. What was that sour that I had? Cherry the agony. Agony. The cherry agony. Absolutely at delicious. At, at Heretic. Yes. Well, thank you very much. I'm very proud of that beer. I think it, it turned out great. I think the only one we've done that I I feel is better would be the passion fruit, mm. which was freaking to die for. We bottled like a thousand bottles, and we thought, oh, okay, we'll send some out to distributors, and it was uh-huh. like gone. Wow. And we, oh, we got cat gone. It was like gone. It was incredible. How did you make it? We do a sour base, mm-hmm. so um, uh, we have a, a recipe that we, we do for um, low gravity, low hopped. We do we do work for Rare Barrel, uh-huh. so similar to what they do, different. We have kind of our own take on it, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll brew the sour base. We'll ferment it with uh, the... Um, well, that was 530 yeast. You okay. need to actually produce some phenols. The phenols are part of the composition of the character that Brett will uh, Yeah, affect. eventually chew, chew, yeah, chew through. Yeah, if you, if you don't produce those phenols, you don't produce those characters, um, it, you know, you end up with a different result. It's still a nice result, but a different result. Yeah. So it's an important part of kind of the funk of the, the Brett. So we'll ferment it with the 530 yeast, and then we will rack it into these wine barrels. We get wine barrels locally in Napa. Mm-hmm. We will, uh, well, first we'll actually dose it with uh, Brett, uh, Pedio, and Lacto. Okay. And then we'll transfer it to our barrels. We'll let it go for about a year in the barrels. And uh, we try and keep it below 68 degrees. Let it go for about a year. You know, maybe a year and a couple of months. And then when it tastes about right, we will dose it with our fruit. So for cherry, we'll use uh, sour cherries from Michigan. We'll do... uh, Yep. We'll do Traverse City cherries. We'll do, you know, whatever fruit that we want to add. We like doing the fruit ones. I mean, it's nice as uh, unfruited, but... Really, if you if you pick the right fruits, it it can be something special. Yeah, we'll dose it with a certain amount of fruit, and then uh, we'll give it a couple more months 
to chew through the fruit sugars, but not, you know, when I first started doing this, I would put fruits in early Mm -hmm. and the fruit character at the end was really missing. Um, And so one of the the secrets that I found over time was put the fruit in at the end. Yeah. You know, let it, it'll chew through the sugars pretty fast. It'll re-ferment pretty, pretty quickly. And then you still have the fruit character. Then package it off and, you know, there you go. And, uh... Turns out, turns out quite lovely. So, so the passion fruit one that you like so much. I mean, um, I'm trying to think what passion fruit looks like. It's uh, what's a small berry kind of thing, or no? My berries are pretty good size. Okay, I'm just saying, fuzzy. <laughs> it's a anyway, a little hairy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, you have to cough when you hold them. <laughs> so you crush those up and then just uh, add it to add it to the barrels then. Yes, right. So you can get passion fruit. You can uh, you can actually get uh, like puree. Um, okay. I would not go like juices or anything like that. Um, but the passion fruit puree is fine. Or you can get the whole fruit, and uh, you know just uh, skin them and you know uh, deseed them and and mash the heck out of them. What kind of what kind of uh, amount are you using? Good question. It depends. Um, so it depends on the kind of fruit. Certain fruits, you yeah, some are stronger to, than others. Right, right. Yeah. If you're working with raspberry, mm-hmm. um, you know, you put uh, you know half a pound a gallon, and you got you know plenty. Okay. Um, you do like peach. You're gonna do you know maybe a pound a gallon to two pounds a gallon before you really get a nice wow, peach okay. character. Uh, we did an apricot. While you guys were at the brewery, we were just finishing up. We did a saison with apricots and uh, brett that we're putting in wine barrels. Okay. And we were putting 84 pounds of apricot puree into each barrel, each wine barrel. Each wine barrel holds about 60 gallons. Okay. So uh, more than a pound a gallon because you're only going to put... Uh, yeah, uh, 50, 50 gallons of beer in on the 40 or the 80 some odd pounds of uh, puree because uh, oh, yeah. you're, you're talking about 10 gallons of puree at that okay. point. So um, 10 gallons of puree, you're talking about uh, 50, you know, you're, you're like a pound and three quarter uh, at that point. Okay. So certainly, you know, it just depends on the fruit, the level How you want. How strong it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to you have to mess around with all these. So a lot of these, what I did was initially I I made you know like thirty barrels wine barrels full of sour base, and then I tried all sorts of different fruits and berries and things like that and uh, flowers and all this stuff, and just to see which each one would do and, and messed around with different amounts and then you know just kind of went from there and I kind of learned what. Uh, really worked for me and what what I thought was had great balance. Uh-huh. I like sours with balance. Yeah, yeah. I don't like sours that are just like. Now, harsh. when you brew your base beer for the sours, do you use uh, anything like unmalted wheat to give it some extra starch to chew through, or you know, residual fermentables kind of thing for the for the? Bread? We will do a bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know really how much difference it makes. Okay, I'm not sure. Because I mean that's in as I've been reading uh, reading up on sours and producing sours for for the next edition of How to Brew, uh, that seemed to be one one 
recommendation or you know right uh, tidbit you know that residual uh, dextrins and residual starches for the brat lacto and pdo yeah. to consume Chew through yeah right consume and uh but but you're still do using a, a single infusion mash for these for these beers. right right Oops. i don't think you need to do you know, complex step mashes um one of the things i did as a homebrew was throw in actual flour at the end oh, of the really? boil just take a tablespoon of flour okay you know like bread flour throw it in your in your kettle interesting okay and then you've got raw starch yeah yeah excellent um now when you inoculate uh with your pdo etc are you doing that uh at the start of fermentation or after primary fermentation after primary. So we do the, the 530 yeast for primary. If you're if you have enough time, I would throw in PDO if you're also throwing in Brett. I wouldn't throw in PDO without Brett. I'd throw in Brett without PDO. So Brett and Lacto I think you could throw in at any time. And you know, if you got a short period of time, long period of time, you're gonna be fine. If you're gonna throw in PDO, it can produce uh, you know, ropey and a lot of other characteristics, you know, some buttery that you have to be consumed by the Brett. So you have to have Brett in with it and you have to give it enough time. It takes a long time. So that's kind of the the deal there. Um, I forgot to point out to you guys when you're there, we actually were doing some spontaneous fermentation uh, as well because... I believe we're in just like an ideal location for spontaneous ferment because we get this breeze up off the ocean, up through the, the delta, uh-huh. and we have a bunch of uh, wineries and fruit farms and, you know, such that okay. uh, I believe that we're getting all that f- flora and fauna blown up towards us. we got a hill behind us, and I think it all just kind of like comes to rest right where we're at, and uh, I think it kind of pools up right right at the point that we're at we've had uh you know a number of freezing nights you okay. need a number of freezing nights to kind of drop down the bacteria activity okay. and the yeast are still fine mm-hmm. and uh i think you know get, that's what they do in belgium and i think that's the reason why oh, yeah. they do it yeah. and so we're we're doing some spontaneous ferments we we actually cultured all the yeast off of local grapes wine grapes that were used to make a local wine that turned out really good Okay. So we got some strains of bread. We got some strains of yeast. We got some strains of bacteria off of that. And uh, so I I think it's going to turn out fantastic. I'm absolutely convinced. That's interesting. I, I remember listening to a spontaneous fermentation lecture uh, at the MB, National MBA conference in Jacksonville this past year. Uh-huh. And um, a couple of breweries from Maine were talking about how they do their spontaneous fermentations. And they'll... You know, they said they look for, you know, um, temperature. Uh, they tend to brew these beers in, in late November mm-hmm. when uh, when they After have few, uh, uh, like three or four frost nights. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. A little bit of snow on the ground. And they said that's we had 25 best. degrees in Fairfield. Wow. So, yeah, we had, a, you know, some 25, 27, 30 something, you know, some some seriously low temperatures. And I'm like perfect time yeah let's do this yeah kind of reduces the a lot of the super funky stuff Mm -hmm. right so i don't know how we got on this but uh it was interesting (laughs) 
Yeah, well, it was all the cherry agony. That was a that was a delicious beer. Indeed. We, have, uh, uh, we you know, and John and I were talking on the on when we were driving from Heretic over here to Concord. Um, you know, in between the the two incidents. Oh yes, uh, that would be when we were in in the midst of uh, uh, mall calculations and. and <laughs> <laughs> Is it John? Our exit's right there, and then there was a three-lane swerve. Right. John does not want to miss that exit. This yeah. is this is what I'm telling you. It was, it like, was oh! quite impressive. There was only about three or four other cars that were put into a flat spin on the on the highway, so that wasn't yeah. bad. Right. Right. They They survived. Yeah. There was there was no you no guys metal, metal got contact. here alive, which is That's all right. I can ask. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. All right, so what, what, were we, what were you talking about? Oh, we were going to wrap this up. Oh, yeah. That's All right, right, so what, what can we conclude from your experiment, John? I think what we can conclude is it's a great technique to really ratchet up your, uh, your starting gravity uh-huh. uh, if you have a mash ton limitation. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, I always say, you know, a lot of it kind of depends on. You know what's important to you. If if it's important to you to really make that a you know a complete all grain beer, mm-hmm. then this is just a great technique. Mm-hmm. If time mm-hmm. is a you know a vital thing for you, there's right. really no shame in in adding extract sure, if you need. Sure, sure. And uh, you know if 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 money's an issue for you, uh, there's there's nothing wrong with just boiling longer. You know, right. really getting that right. you're getting the most out of that malt and then just boiling longer. So I think all three would produce different beers. I think they would, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think what's what's just a bombshell about this, I think we should be all Twittering and tweeting and uh, Facebooking (laughs) about this show, is that essentially you've proven that the results are additive. Yeah. Which is incredible because if your mash tun only holds 18 pounds and you want to do a 36-pound mash, absolutely, go ahead. Here's put in the 18. And you know, put in another 18. And then put in another 18. It's just amazing to me that that is possible. Because otherwise, people are like, oh, my mash tun isn't big. I'd like to make this big beer, but my mash tun isn't big enough. So I'm going to make two gallons of you know this beer that's going to take me forever, and I'm going to age it for a year. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, when you're making a big beer like that that's going to you know age for a decade, why are you making two gallons? For God's sakes, that's the worst thing to do. Yeah, when you're making yeah. a, a light session beer that will go bad in two weeks, then make two gallons. If you're making something you're going to age for five years or until your daughter mm-hmm. turns 21 or whatever it would be, yeah. For God's sakes, you want to make as much as you possibly can. You want to make five gallons. So you double mash this thing. That's brilliant. I think that's, I think that's just awesome. I appreciate you for, for doing the, for, the work, you yeah. know, thinking about it and actually following up on it and doing the work. John, for you doing the, uh, you know, the Math. chart and figuring, figuring all that out. That's amazing. I yeah. think that is just awesome. And Jamil, great job coming up with that idea. Hey, well, yes. you know, uh, Although I, I do what I do. That I would need to be the one that proved it out. Right, right. Yeah, because I'd be too too, too lazy. Or I'd have my guys do it. I just, you're, just just a, you're a skilled delegator. <laughs> That's right. I, exactly. I, I, I know how to organize. I, that's what I'm saying. No. 
<laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. I think that was brilliant, absolutely brilliant on on behalf of, of both you guys. Thank you very much. And I really wish that, you know, people would light up the Internet with this information. I don't know that anybody else has talked about it. So, wait, wait. Bebo has I can't a question. I can't hear 100% what you guys are talking about, so forgive me if you've already addressed this. Uh, but I do have a question from the chat room that oh, is asking specifically to you, Palmer, to clarify if they would expect a decrease in the efficiency in the second mash uh, with the higher gravity or if it's really uh, just totally additive. Well, based on based on the model, um, and I will publish this in the next edition of How to Brew, but... Um, uh, and on this one example, yeah, on this one example, I mean, it was you know, we, we are kind of working from one data point here, but the the number model uh, for a typical crush seventy five percent efficiency, for instance, on the first uh, first uh, mash predicted ten forty five, the second mash predicted ten fifty three. So you got 1044 for the first one. Oh, wait, so that's 1053? No- you keep changing your well, numbers. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate. All right. <laughs> 1045 for the first. Yeah. You got 1044. So that's kind of in the noise, you know. Yeah. Okay. You know. But 1053, um, if we go to 70% efficiency, in other words, more typical of, say, a coarse grind versus the typical grind versus a fine grind. Um, the number spit out from the spreadsheet was 1049. So you got uh, 1050. So you be- might lose a little bit. You know, yeah, two points maybe. But th- three this points. was the question I had earlier. Yeah. So if our initial wort was more like 1060, mm-hmm. would that efficiency in the second mash be even worse? Or would it remain the same? Yeah, hard I think to there's say more. At this point. Yeah, there's it, more data to be gathered, but I think I think it's fascinating that you know we're able to you know do yeah. a larger mash in two in two chunks. Yeah, that's brilliant. It was it was actually I, I was surprised how fast it was. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as as far as the process. You know, while I'm you know you know after I'm draining, I'm having to heat up just a little bit right, to the strike. Right. And I cleaned out the mash, and I really just had to kind of spray it down because it wasn't like yeah, I was storing like, it. Yeah, I, I wasn't not... putting it up wet. Right. You know, so it was it was quick and, and uh, you know, right back into the other mash because it was already up then to mm-hmm. temperature. Mm-hmm. So I just pumped back up to the uh, to the mash ton. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was it was actually a pretty quick process. Well, the, the previous way that we would have done this to, to get 30 pounds of grain into the into the kettle would have been to do the first mash, run that out, start boiling it, start doing the second mash, and then run that into the kettle while it's boiling to get. Yeah. And then you boil for, you know, a ton of time yeah, to get to the hours. same point. This is really just, you know, uh, an eye-opener. I think this this is this is a, a new technique that a lot of people are... Maybe some people are out there are using it. I see a new beer coming out of this. <laughs> yeah. Double mash, double IP... Hey. All right, so we'll do that. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, I got no problem. You get with the that. guys to do it. Yeah. I can pump. I, I'm pretty sure I can pump back from my kettle to my mash. My guys will absolutely despise me for this one. But hey. I'll do it on a small scale. We'll prove it out. We'll do oh, this hell no! Yeah. Let's do thirty barrels. I don't care. 
<laughs> that would be cool. Let's do it. We should, we'll do a barley wine that way. I'll come out and shovel. Yes. All right. Hey. When it comes to shoveling shit, there's no be- man better than John Blickman. <laughs> All right. Great show, everybody. I think uh, I think we've hit our, our allotted time. All right. Let's wrap this up. Uh, thank you, John Blickman, for being here. Thank you for sponsoring the show for all these years. You don't know how much John and I appreciate that. I'm sure Justin really appreciates it. Yeah, because we really it. never he, mentioned he gets, it. He gets the checks. <laughs> but I know our listeners absolutely appreciate it. Because well, if you had not been sponsoring the show, I doubt that we'd still be on the air. And they really think the world of, you know the fact that you, you do this for us. I really appreciate what you guys do for the industry. And when I was first starting brewing in the uh, the dark days, uh, you know, the knowledge I gained from John's book and, uh, you know, from, you know, others in the industry, you know, the great folks at Great Fermentations, uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I firmly believe that uh, where you take, you give. And uh, I appreciate what you guys uh, Where do you for push, the you shove. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Let's not go back to the back door comment. <laughs> we never got clarification on that. We'll, we'll pass. All right, but if you if you enjoy the show, uh, if if you want to keep listening to this thing for free, make sure you check out BlickmanEngineering.com. Uh, they got all sorts of innovation for improving your brew day. Yeah. Make sure you check out uh, all our other fine sponsors. Make sure you check, check out, out the, the new Anvil Brewing products. The Anvil Brewing products. We didn't even get to those. Uh, check out the Brewing Network store, thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. You get hoodies, hats, growlers, glassware, all sorts of cool stuff for your brewing day. Makes you look good. Uh, Blinkin' <laughs> Engineering makes your beer good. So check them out. Until then, everybody, brew strong. Brew strong, everyone. Brew on.